Welcome to Behind the Sims. At SaberSim, we're a team of professional gamblers, data scientists, and sports nerds building the best DFS optimizer and sports betting model on the market. This podcast is a behind-the-scenes look at how we do it. Every episode is an unedited recording of our team's actual conversations as we research, analyze, and iterate our way to answering the tough questions in DFS and sports betting. Whether we're answering questions like what's the best way to build your bankroll, analyzing different ways to diversify, or even building new models, we're going to share it all right here and we aren't holding anything back. If you're ready to go deep into what it really takes to win, then this is a podcast for you. All right, so I know Jordan and I are are pretty excited to dig back into the contest analysis work you've been doing, Eric. Uh, Last time we synced up it was um, kind of just trying to get like. I, I'm curious to hear how you phrase it. Can you can you say just like what the the work has been? What work has been done since we last chatted? Yeah, so I guess with our last like uh, our last chat, I feel like was we were trying to get pretty granular in like this contest versus this contest, but I feel like we mm-hmm. didn't have a good way of measuring um you know like an like a an output to sort of point to to say that contest b is better than contest a um and so the road that i feel like we've kind of been going the whole time but eventually just kind of got to is actually simming a contest uh and checking the uh rois for for each lineup in the contest um and so, so with that, I guess the general idea is basically you, if you can sim a contest, you can test can, the lineups. To make sure, like, I'm just thinking about it the right way. Can you describe mm-hmm. what simming the contest actually means? Yep. Yeah. So for the way that uh, we sort of landed on, on doing this, uh, we're taking an actual contest. So the actual lineups in the contest, uh, we keep those like the same. Uh, so we're not generating lineups for a contest or, or doing anything like that. It's like, you know, if Giant Squid played this lineup in this contest, like that's the lineup that we're simulating. Uh, and so with those real lineups, we're assigning them a fantasy point score based on our simulations. Um, is, is it, what does that look like? Because I'm assuming you're not just giving them, hey, this is the average across the simulations. Like, what are you doing there? Yeah, no. So, so for like an individual, I guess in an individual lineup, we have our ten players. Um, in an individual sim, each of those players has their fantasy point value. So, um, you know, Bryce Harper scored 14 in sim one, and he scored zero in sim two. Uh, and so, for the lineup, we're just summing up for like for sim one the lineup score could be 100 for sim two the lineup score could be three or like something like that um and so then you know we have for that lineup we basically have its fantasy points scored but like in in the simulation and then you're saying okay in this simulation these are the points and then this is what they would have gotten paid yeah. Yeah. So okay. once, once we have, so for, it's easiest just to kind of think about a single SIM first. So in like SIM one, we score all of the lineups. So 
lineup one, 100 fantasy points, lineup two, 50. Uh, then from that, we rank the lineups. So, you know, first place, second place, third place, just like a contest would be. And then from those ranks, we get the payouts. So then the lineup in Sim 1 would be like, you know, it made 50K or it lost $15 or like whatever. Um, and then when you do that 2,500 times or, you know, however many times you get uh, an expected return on investment. Um, okay. So that's you're basically like, saying, say you do it 100 times, you're adding up all the uh, winnings, subtracting entry fees, and then dividing by 100 to get the, like the expected value for an average contest. Yep. Okay. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so that's like, you know, for, for one contest, that's sort of how that takes place. Um, when you throw another contest in, like, obviously you can do the same thing. Um, but to get to the answer of like, if you took a lineup from contest A and put it into contest B, you have to, I mean, obviously, what we decided on doing is putting an individual lineup like one by one into that new contest and then going through the process of okay now we're you know checking how many fantasy points it scored in this sim uh like ranking it and then scoring it can you explain that a little bit more i guess i'm trying to figure out how to yeah the, the comparative side of it yep so so I guess the, the best way to think about it is like when we first sim contest A, um, we get an expected ROI for our, the first lineup in it. So that might be, you know, 20%. Like first meaning? Just like first in the list. Literally like the CSV we get for the contest, just whatever is top. Yeah, whatever's at the top. And I mean, I think okay. it's usually alphabetical by entry name, but like whatever's at the top. Okay. So that's kind of like the base assumption is that lineup in that contest is a 20% ROI. So then what we do is we take that lineup, we put it in a different contest, we sim that contest, and then we check the ROI for that lineup. Um, and then you can compare the expected ROI in the original contest and then the new contest. Okay, okay. So one thing that immediately kind of sounds interesting to me there is that there is a different strategic approach that players would take to play these different contests. Like, I think we should be aware that the difference between the ROI of a same lineup in two different contests is not entirely going to be just because of the difference of those contests, right? Right. I mean, that, yeah. that's, that's also where the work of picking the contest pairs comes in, is that you minimize... You, ideally, we're trying to find contests that should have similar strategies, whereas, I guess, yeah, it does get challenging when you look at um, mm -hmm. a single... Like, basically, entry fee should be irrelevant for the strategy of what you're of the way you're building your lineups it's going to be 
around, and I guess even uh, entry limit. The, yeah, that has some impact, but also just like the number of entrants and how top heavy it is is going to mm -hmm. probably the biggest impact. Um, so yeah, it's like we'll just have to keep that in mind. But I yeah, think I, it I, I have be... like thought of that, Jordan, and I do think that that's an important like you know if if you're building for the five dollar single entry versus if you're building for the five dollar one fifty max, like mm -hmm. I do think that people are building differently, and so in our results, obviously, if we're taking real lineups and just moving them over, um, you know, that's not necessarily how, you know, people are actually building. Yeah. Um, but like the, so that sort of the, the way that you could try to fix that would be to generate lineups and like not use real lineups for a contest. But I think that just causes a big headache in terms of then you're making assumptions about like what your lineup should look like for a right. certain contest um, and all of that stuff, I guess. Uh, so it's it's a little bit of a trade-off, but I think like in general, it makes more sense to use the real lineups versus you're just adding more complexity and more, um, I don't know, just more difficulty and you're adding more assumptions if you're building right. lineups kind of thing. How difficult would it be to generate like new lineups? Because I guess the, and I know you just touched on this, but it's like, if you are going to build lineups in different ways for different kind of contests, like you're going to put in a different sort of lineup, in a massive double up versus the Millie Maker um, as extreme examples. Um, but it's, we're not trying to control for that almost. I mean, it's more because when we're actually building lineups, like we can make the choice to put in different lineups. And so, yeah, I think it would be building, say, a set of 20 lineups for this 20 max, a set of whatever, because you're comparing, it's not as though you build your lineups first and then only those are the only lineups you can put in the contest. So you do have, I guess what I'm getting at is you do have that um, agency over where the lineups are going. You can just say, okay, this doesn't make sense to put in that contest. So I'm going to build a different lineup. And because ultimately what you're trying to figure out is what are the contests I can play that will give me the highest ROI. Um, so yeah, by building the actual lineups, you're just saying, okay, say I build the best single entry style lineup. What is my ROI there versus in this, this other contest? So, I mean, like, what would that technically look like? Um, yeah, I mean, it wouldn't be all that difficult. I, I would worry a little bit. Um, and I think this is another thing I guess that we can discuss is because we're using the results of our sims like in theory our expected rois are biased towards what we think is right versus right. like yeah something actually point. so my only worry with building lineups is like how you're building them um and how we're like scoring the lineups 
are almost like correlated there. Uh, yeah, no, so no, I, that, that I, this I makes think... a lot more sense to me now because, right, when it's impossible to sim a contest without having um, a large data set of, of projections you can use, ideally from sims. Um, and so it's like if you were to look at EV built with SaberSim, like the lineups built with SaberSim, they would be higher because we're like yeah. grading it against our own inputs. Um, and so, yeah, using the real lineups makes sense because we're not going to have that uh, same bias. We will probably inflate, well, not probably, we will inflate the ROIs of people who use SaberSim that we aren't aware of or just agree most closely with us, but it's unavoidable there. Um, you know, so that makes sense. And then like the farther down that rabbit hole we go, the more noise that gets introduced and the, the worse it is. So, okay. No, I'm yeah, feeling so, good about that. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So just to kind of, I guess, to add on to that, like the, you know, the fix for not using our Sims for trying to sort of get rid of that bias would be to use actual scores, but then you're back at a sample size issue where it's like, you know, you have one actual score for this lineup when you put it in the other contest versus 3000 scores right. for this lineup when you put it in contest. So it's a little bit of a balancing act there. Yeah, no, that makes sense. Um, so yeah, that's helpful for me to wrap my head around the methodology of where we're at. Like what, I guess, have you found? Yeah, so the findings have been pretty cool. I mean, um, again, I haven't, basically this morning just kind of got it so that it could really push through a lot of the contests. Um, whereas like to start, I mean, I guess it's just kind of like the process where you start by basically being able to sim one contest and then two, uh, and then now it's like, okay, let's you know be able to feed 40 in there uh, and, and spit out ROIs. Uh, so like, I'm still sort of working through that, uh, this morning for the most part, got that done. Um, but I've done, you know, a couple of contests, uh, that I think have been pretty interesting. Um, so one of them was the chin music and the knuckleball, which just to refresh is the $5 single entry versus the $5 usually 150 max sometimes it's a little bit less but like a low multi-entry versus a high multi-entry at the same price point pretty similar entrance um and with that what i found was the average roi for a single entry lineup put into the 150 max went down about eight percent uh which is a lot Wait, so what yeah. was the what was the roi of that line like say in, in the you're just saying okay i get it you're saying this of every lineup yeah right okay you, you know you pick you, you could average and median we're pretty close but you know your average lineup from the single entry into the knuckleball uh the roi went down about eight percent um wow. which I, I think is interesting i mean so that for that one i believe it was like four contests worth kind of thing um so it's still like four contests isn't a ton a ton i mean you have to remember that it's the four contests 
on top of the usually it's like 3000 sims of each contest mm-hmm. so you know you're you are Why getting was it only sample four? size just like uh, time just because, to run it just yeah time to run it okay. basically i yeah i was able to finish that yesterday and then this morning finally got it where it's like we can do a lot more now uh, with that and is it um, something where you can set it up as a batch process where it's, you kick it off tonight and then come back yeah. to it monday okay yeah yeah it like and it, it was i don't know it's it's a little bit mathy but like before we basically were scoring like we were putting a lineup in and scoring it and ranking it and then you know like recording that and then putting a new lineup in versus the new way is basically you put all the lineups in and you do some like fancy rank stuff and it spits it out exactly the same as other stuff but you only really are ranking twice which is right. a huge time save yeah um, that makes sense so um, yeah still like early stuff but so that was i felt like it was an interesting result um it kind of confirmed more what i would have thought like yeah the you know the 150s being sharper than the single entries um but again it is a little bit tricky because you still do have that like the people building for single entry like that lineup isn't built for the 150 max um is it worth doing the opposite and that's saying, what i was gonna say that how much what is the roi of a 150 max lineup being put into the single entry yeah i could do that because um, it almost seems like that we could average it together and that almost because we're saying yes a single entry type lineup and as an aside and i know jordan's talked about this in office hours and stuff i think people probably put way too of cashy lineups in a single entry than they really should like it shouldn't change that factor alone shouldn't have a massive impact on how you're building. Um, but regardless, if you were to say, okay, here's how a single entry lineup would perform in the 150 max. Here's how 150 max would perform in the single entry and then average those. It yep. seems like that would help balance it out a little bit. Um, right. And if, if they were opposites, where it was like, that would show... Okay, I, mean, like probably, I think they yeah. just uh, I think they should be like pretty close to opposite. Like if we're at negative eight percent going from one way, I think no, no, so, be... sorry. What what I mean is that when I say opposite, I don't mean that like um these lineups going to single entries would um I would expect yes, their RI would increase, but by opposite I mean is like um, it wouldn't suggest that the other contest was softer. Like it wouldn't make us f- change our uh, conclusion on it. Because, I, like, I'm say, but I guess, so I guess what, sure. I'm, what I'm trying to get at is, if you're to take a cash lineup and put that into uh, the flagship contest. Mm-hmm. Um, one, I have no idea what that would look like as far as ROI. It would probably be, um, I guess that would just be interesting. But I could see that 
like if you take two contests where the lineup construction is genuinely very different and that you could uh, attribute the difference in our simmed ROI to the fact that it's just like not a good lineup for this other contest. That's where I'm saying is like, that would be something we'd want to ignore. Um, But in this comparison, I don't think that's the case because again, a single entry, it's really just with cash and in top heavy GPPs that I think it would get you bad data by looking at it both ways or just anyway would be inaccurate. But yeah, no, that at all makes sense what I'm getting at. I I think I understand what you're saying now. Um, Yeah, I I think that'd be interesting. I don't know. Jordan, do you have any? I, I, well, I was thinking, I don't think they'll be perfect. So if, if we're expecting an 8% drop in ROI from single entry to the 150 here, I actually don't think we'll probably get the exact opposite, meaning positive 8% ROI going the other way, because the lineup is getting compared to a different set of lineups taking right. it the other way. Like we're yep. taking the single, we're taking every single entry right now and saying, what if somebody played that in the 150? against all the lineups that are in the 150. This is going to be taking every lineup from the 150 and saying, what if you play yeah. that against every lineup in the single entry? Because those lineup buckets are different. I actually think, well, I think I'm expecting to probably see a little bit of a different number there. I, I think, I think it'll be different. I don't like, you know, it's, it's not just like, Oh, you know, 8% perfect. one way, <laughs> yeah. negative 8% the other way, but <clears throat> I feel like it should be somewhat close. So I, I think that'll be interesting too to see just how close that is, I guess. Is there any merit in assuming the entries are similar? The number of entries are similar. No, never mind. This is a dumb idea. Um, I was going to think about like just taking like all the lineups and seeing what that would have done in in the other one, but that doesn't make any sense because you are trying to compare it against the competition of that specific contest. Um, okay. So were there other interesting things that jumped out of you? I know you said there's more analysis you want to do. Uh, yes. Yeah, so, I mean, just, I guess another, like one of the sort of examples that I did was the four seamer to the 15. Um, and like, again, a pretty similar, that one, it was, if you took a lineup the from four seamer is a 20 entry max with yeah. usually it's like 60 ish percent, but like they're, they're both big. So, like right today, there's 12,000 in the four seamer, 17,000 in the flagship. And so, I mean, they're similar sized. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it's, I took a few of those. Uh, and to put a lineup from the four seamer into the relay throw. The average ROI went down about six percent. Um, so, again, like it's pretty, pretty solid start there. I think. Um, Are you? So. And you said we don't currently store the fifty cent mini max. Yeah, it's it's in there like six times or something. <laughs> uh, Could you do those six? I I think so. Yeah. Because that could be interesting just saying that, uh, seeing how that compares to the $1 one. One, two, three, four. Yeah, we actually we have four of those, it looks like. Yeah, I, I could I could run those. You, you'd want those compared to 
the one dollar. No, I would want it the, the fifty cent minimax compared to the one dollar minimax. Okay, gotcha. Um. So the other things that I would look into mm -hmm. would be comparing because the and I know there's more you want to do, but like the examples you gave are around varying the entry limit. Um, I would be curious to see when you keep that steady, how other factors change, whether it's um, buy-in being one, but the other being uh, size of the pool, okay. um, the, the number of entries, because it's... Yeah, we just need to look at it from all those angles to get a better picture because, frankly, like, okay, this contest is 150 max. It has a lower ROI than the single entry, but, like, I can only play the single entry once. I can play this 150 times. Yeah. Um, and I think that's something that we've got to wrap our heads around when figuring this out. Um because those are like the actual decisions people are going to be making. Um, and so for, we can pretty objectively say if you're only playing one lineup and you don't view it as a lottery ticket and you, you don't like, you're not just trying to get the highest potential payout. You want to actually have the highest ROI. Yeah. Don't put that in, put that in a single entry contest. Um, but that's just not the reality for most people. Um, so I think looking at it by controlling the other variables uh, would be good. For sure. Yeah, um, I agree. One, one other thought yeah. that I had, and this is getting a little bit away from like the analysis and more back into kind of where we started. Um, like this, you know, again, just kind of an idea, but I think it could be interesting if we had these two contests and like they both had the same lineup in them. So we weren't like crossing them. We were basically just saying, okay, you know, this lineup and this lineup are exactly the same. Mm -hmm. When we sim the two contests, like what are the ROIs? Uh, I feel like it would be pretty similar to what we're doing, but you know, then you're not crossing like someone like someone physically played that lineup in the $5 single entry and someone also like played that lineup in the 150 max so like you know you kind of are avoiding a little bit of what we were talking about earlier where it's like would someone actually put this single entry lineup into the 150 max um I don't know the impact that would have on like sample size or right, anything yeah. like that. Um, but that, and you also a have a selection bias because yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, that could be interesting. I don't think we need to go down that path now. Um, yeah. What are you thinking, Jordan? I was thinking, you know, if we run these sims on kind of some of the best contest pairs that we had identified 
last time or, or the time ago, these these ROI numbers just are a lot easier to process and they make a lot more intuitive sense. I think we're getting actually pretty close here to quantifying and comparing the different factors against each other. Um, there's obviously a sample size question throughout all of this, but like if we can find some con compelling pairs that say, you know, you have a 5% ROI drop when you jump from a single entry to a 150 max, but the jump from uh, the $3 threshold of where sharks can play represents a 10% ROI difference controlling for the other factors. We're, I, we're getting what feels like to me really close to giving someone a cheat sheet of prioritize this, then this, then this, and until you've filled up your allocation for the slate. Um, so this seems like a really good direction to me. One thing I'm wondering is if we hold entry limit the same, it doesn't feel as though we should be looking at individual lineup ROI. It You're feels about... like we should be looking at, say we look at two a contest pair where they're both three entry max. Okay. I don't think, sure, is it, it goes back to what I was touching on, but I feel like it's clear in my head right now. Um, I don't think we care how one lineup would perform in one versus the other because generally speaking, if we're just playing one lineup, we're going to put that in the single entry. I think that's that's going to be obviously we don't have enough data to like be 100% confident in that, but I think that's like a pretty safe assumption. And so what is going to better model reality is saying if I put in three lineups in this one versus that because that's really the decision you're making you say okay i've filled up all the single entries now i got to start deciding between the next um and you could do it by the most honest way would probably be looking at people who actually like maxed it out um and taking those three and then comparing it to the other one um, because you're, you're truly saying, hey, if I put these ones in this contest instead, how would I have done? And yeah, is that realistic as far as setting it up for that? Yeah, I think it's feasible. Like, I mean, basically what you're saying is instead of like if, if in contest A, we have 26 people who entered the like maximum amount of lineups, we only want to look at those like 26 people's lineups and put them into contest B and then simulate contest B. That's like essentially what you're saying. Cause Can right now we're that? taking, yeah, sorry. So right now we have, we take all of contest A's lineups and put them into contest B. Yeah. Um, and what you're saying is only look at the maxers lineups and put them into contest B and then check the ROIs for those. To clarify, I wouldn't ignore the others, but I would just do this in a way where we could segment it out. Uh, right. So, like, I would still look at all the entries, right. all the lineups, but I would just make sure that like there's an easy way for us to say, okay, here is all of it, and then here are the maxers as like a separate data point. Right. Gotcha. Yeah, that, that's uh, very doable. Okay, and then. I'm wondering because one of the other things I mentioned was like going bi-directionally and just saying, okay, 
going from this context to that, but what about other way around? Mm-hmm. Um, if we're not holding entry limit the same, what do you think we could do there? Like what makes sense? Um, I mean, uh, like I would say the advantage of doing it this way is you're hopefully like, you know, obviously you're not controlling for certain factors and like isolating, like, okay, here's the impact of, uh, like entry fee. It's more like we can directly compare the contests. Um, like, yeah, the contest as a whole versus like just focusing on isolating one variable. Uh, so like, I guess to be clear, I'm not trying to, with this, I'm not trying to isolate a variable. What I'm trying to do is represent the actual decisions people are making when they're putting their lineups in there, like choosing what to play. Because it's not like I'm going to say, I think, yeah, it makes sense if, if the entry, entry limits are the same to compare putting 20 and a 120 max and 20 in the other one. But what if it's between a 20 max and a 150 max? Like it doesn't make sense. I probably wouldn't put 20 in the 150 max. Maybe that's dumb. Maybe I should, but it's, that's what I'm getting at is I think realistically there are other practical considerations there that I want to make sure we're thinking about and, and aren't getting too theoretical in a way that doesn't apply to how people actually follow this or could follow this. The practical component is kind of interesting there too, because I wonder, like, are people entering more with the number of lineups that they intend to play? Or is it more about they have a a bankroll allocation that they're willing to spend? Like, I think that does kind of make sense if if we're saying, like, you know, the average person says, I want to play 20 lineups and I'm deciding if I should play it in this contest or that. But I think it's probably more, I mean, if we could prove, for example, that it was overwhelmingly more profitable for somebody to play one $200 single entry than to spread that out all over the place. If that was me, I would just eat the additional variance that comes with it and play that one single lineup. I mean, that's almost like I would say that's almost definitely the case. Like maybe not yeah. 200, but like there's going to be a, a price point where putting in a one single entry will absolutely have a higher ROI than spreading it across a bunch of other contests. Like I, I think that's going to be inarguable. Um, yeah. And so uh, the question is like, what is that variance? Um, would you really make that trade? Because I think like it's a thing that we probably will find. Um, yeah. And so that's a, a question of do you maximize ROI at all costs? Uh, and it is something I want to touch on. Um, but before we get into that, I mean, w- we do want to be aware of what people are doing. But I think this is ultimately what you were also getting at is we should be more looking at this objectively so we can come up with the best practice of what you should be doing. Mm-hmm. And so part of that is it probably would make sense to look at um, 
putting 20 entries in a contest that's not 20, that's more than one, more than 20 max because it's worth seeing if that's an option. And like for the bankroll side of it, I mean, I think if people are saying, I want to build X number of lineups, I'm going to figure out what to put that in. That's probably bad. Yeah. Um, I mean, it can still be profitable, but that's just, I think, relatively far away from optimal. Um, and so we can sort of rule that one out. And it's more saying, okay, I have a certain amount of dollars that I'm going to wager. What are the best contests for me to put mm -hmm. that in? I think, and, and I know you mentioned that, like that's the question we ultimately are trying to answer. And so we should be taking that perspective as we evaluate this. Like, do we think what we're doing right now will give us an answer to that? Um, and I'm not positive it will um, because of like these other questions, like, okay, like sure. Single entries are great, but like is the one, like, should I really put um, one lineup in a hundred dollars single entry versus 20 in a, or 25 or no, sorry. We'll just do easy mass of 20 in a $5 20 max. Like, is that really going to be better? Um, by a pure ROI standpoint, what about with variance? Um, so I don't know, Eric, do you have any thoughts on just, if that's the question we're trying to answer, how we could, if you feel like we'll, we'll be able to answer that? Yeah, I mean, so I would say, I guess to start, I think that it makes sense to try and answer that question. Like, I think the way that people are like loading up DraftKings and it's like, okay, I have, hundred bucks for tonight like give me this like twelve dollar give me this 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 and then at the end it's like okay i have 20 entries total i'm gonna build 20 lineups like i think that that's definitely the flow that most people work in and i think that you know we should kind of keep that in mind versus going entries first and then kind of over to over to dollars but mm -hmm. uh, i think i think for sure that this you know it to me like getting expected rois um I, I think it does answer which contest you should play it doesn't answer like in terms of like risk tolerance or risk i guess like preference even what you should play in terms of okay if if you played your uh your five dollar 20 max versus the single entry hundred dollar like you know some people might like one or the other better but i think like for us yeah it's i guess it just is a question of like maximizing ev i think and then for the user or for the player it's more of like what are my preferences there and i don't think we're ever going to be able to jump completely to like here are the best contests no matter what because we're always going to have some right. sort of user preference I, I think just tossing like out that. the risk management side because i think that's a separate discussion um what about saying Yeah, I, I think it's finding contests where a contest pair 
it doesn't need to be perfect, but it's like where a single entry or three max, where, where the total buy-ins, if you max it out, if you max out both contests in the pair, the total buy-ins is roughly the same. Mm-hmm. And then saying which one has a higher overall return. Like that, because that's a valid, that, that's a, a realistic question that people likely already have. And I just think objectively, as far as bankroll management goes, like that's a smarter way of thinking about it. And if we can help inform that question, that seems like it'd be valuable. So I guess it would be also comparing, yeah, comparing contest pairs. And that is comparing the overall ROI. I, I do think that that say, gets us a lot closer to, I guess, our like original question of I have eighty dollars. Yeah. Which contest should I enter? Kind of thing. Um, so yeah, I like that. That does get asked often too, and there are a lot of pairs like that. Um, I know our sample size isn't great for the fifty cent mini max, but that's seventy five dollars to max, and the four dollar twenty max is eighty. Mm, um, very commonly asked in office hours is should I go 150 in the mini or max the, the $4 um, at the very low stakes. Another one that gets asked often is should I play the quarter jukebox or should I just throw one lineup in the $5 single entry? I could probably come up with more there too. Yeah. And I guess the way I would handle that, Eric, Mm-hmm. is for the minimax it would be choosing 20 a set of 20 of those to put in the four seamer right because like you can't obviously put in all 150 so say okay what is the expected return of 20 lineups in the four seamer versus 150 in the minimax gotcha and I guess you could like slightly control, like if it's dollars off, you could then just say like adjust for that to just get it. So that's more one-to-one. Um, but I think that will be interesting. And and I, don't, I guess to be clear, there's a lot of things that could be interesting to look into. We do want to make sure that we're not dragging this on too long. Mm-hmm. But yeah. I am also, I guess, sunk, cost fallacy be damned like i want to make sure that with the effort we've put in here we're able to get something that's that really valuable and if it's like a little bit extra work can get us something as much more valuable we want to take those extra steps um the last thing i want to touch on is that element of risk um of sort of steadier profits versus risk um, or like higher risk, but higher ROI. What are your thoughts, Eric, on, on how to measure that? Yeah. I mean, it's, it's tricky. Um, I think the main driver, sorry, can we just use Kelly to calculate this? Because you can basically, I guess it's not, no, because it's Um, not like a, uh yeah the payout structure it's not a binary outcome um okay um yeah i mean 
like i guess to me the that like question is based around the number of entrants and then how top heavy uh a contest is um so i think like i mean obviously the more top heavy and the more entrants it's just going to take longer and longer and longer to realize your ev um which, assuming your again, roi holds steady yeah uh which you know is i don't know it's a little bit tricky to answer because like yeah if you have a longer like time horizon it can make sense to play some of those contests but also like if you're never realizing ev like what are we doing uh so yeah i mean it's it's tricky and i think i think that especially is pretty like preference dependent i guess uh, what, what, what i don't disagree however i don't think the preferences are informed and that's more okay. what i'm getting at is is i don't think you're wrong that it's primarily a function of the number of entries and how top heavy the payout structure is like yes that's definitely gonna be correct but how much of an impact does that make what are realistic swings that could be seen there i think that's more what i'm getting at is no i think we can give good rules of thumb but it's like jordan was just saying he thinks that the variance of the single entry is worth it if it's going to be a higher ROI than spreading that across a bunch of lineups. But I don't know. Like, like I, we don't know what that variance is. Mm -hmm. and so that's more my question is not what will it, what direction will it point us? It's more like, what will it actually say? How big are these swings? That that's really the other component. Yeah, I don't have this idea totally fleshed out in my head, but I wonder if there's a way that we could like kind of sim it, but also have like a chronological component to it where we're like actually tracking a bankroll through the sims and saying like, should... yeah, in this contest, you have a 10% ROI, but your swings look like this. Like this is what you should be prepared to experience. In this one, you only have a 5% ROI, but you have swings that look like this. I mean, you should be able to just measure standard deviation when you're simming out a contest 3,000 times to say, what is the... Standard deviation is not going to be perfect. Um, and maybe it's not even the best, but... Uh, yeah, I've done you think that tracking stuff. a bankroll makes sense to me. Yeah, uh, I've done some stuff like similar to what Jordan was talking about, where it's like, you know, if with this payout contest uh usually you're holding your roi constant which maybe we don't want to do but you know how low are the lows and how high are the highs uh and then like at the end of a season what's the probability that you're either positive or negative um like something like that i think uh, why would, would we want kind of why work? would we need to mess around with assuming any ROI, let alone like assuming one that stays constant versus just using the actual like contest sims. Because rather than saying, how are you going to do over a season? We can just say, if you played this contest on this day 3,000 times, here's how you would do across them all. And like, like I get that we're, the total we're coming to is the 
the aggregate amount of all that. But if it was literally from one day to the next, how often would you go broke at a different bankroll? What are the uh, highs and lows um, over different samples within that? So I guess that's more, I think what you're getting at Jordan is just saying using the SIM data as like the actual, rather than doing more of a math equation, it's just using literally what, what happened when we sim out the contest. Yeah. Is that, I think so. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Does that at least make sense Eric of what I'm. Yeah. Just like my, my worry with doing it that way is I think you're making assumptions on like what lineups are played. Um, well, don't we know the lineups that were played? Well, but like to, I mean, I guess we could measure like an individual's ROI in our like database. That's what I'm saying. Okay. Yeah. So what I'm saying is you would look at the mini max and say, okay, let's, let's group everyone by their username and then say, when we send this out 3000 times, pretend that those are 3000, um, dependent events in the sense of like they're sequential events it's like okay we do this first one here's how much money we started with here's where we're at now we do the next one and we just go through that and then from that we could say here one just here's how much of a bankroll you need to have to get your risk of ruin below x here are realistic swings um for and and it's like rather than saying for the average five percent ROI players, like who the fuck knows what that is? Um, but we have a simulated ROI, so we can say for this person who was simulated out in this contest at this exact percent, here are what right. their swings look like. Um, so, yeah. So like I mean I you know I like have that in some of the like initial stuff that I did. I would say that the issue with that is like, so in this $5 chin music, uh, there's someone who their expected ROI was negative 99%. Did they, it uh, might've been just me when I forgot to put one in. <laughs> um, and so like, you know, if like the lineups are still impacting how big the swings are, I guess, like, if you if you assume an ROI, um, I guess yeah, you just you hold that constant versus like if you know in some of these contests, if people are playing like horribly, that's going to impact how deeply they swing. I guess <laughs> like right, but like um, I don't really care about creating a guide for mega fish to figure out what their swings are. And I don't think, cause I don't think they care about that. So it's like, yeah, there's going to be weird shit in there. Um, like I think it was actually the last time we recorded this. I, I registered at the start of like five minutes before we started talking and they just forgot to put in any lineups. And so, yeah, like I'm going to look really bad, um, but that's okay. And so I think it's, yes, like there's going to be weird stuff that's because there is weird stuff in contests and, and those aren't the people we're going to look at to right. give suggestions to. Like, we're not going to say if you have a negative 99.9% ROI, here's your bankroll rules. It's like, yeah, don't play. Um, 
does that so i guess does that yeah i like i'm sense? still or... i'm still struggling a little bit with um like turning the you know the dollar amount that they won or lost in the 3000 sims of the contest we did into like something i guess like bigger than what it is like if if someone has you know a 20 percent roi in this contest across our 3000 sims like i guess what we're looking for there is like where like when when they were getting to that roi like how low are they dropping and how high are they rising to which mm -hmm. then i feel and like... do they ever go broke and okay. like and so so what i'm saying is we should have a way where it's very easy you set a bankroll at the start uh make it so that like the total um do it just 20 times the cost of maxing out the contest and that's obviously low but just set it there and then you're just tracking that you're saying okay for this 150 max um mini max it's 150 to max it out then they're going to start with a three thousand dollar bankroll you run the sim once they lost 70 percent. okay so that's minus whatever 70 percent of 150 is and then that's their bankroll for day two which is really just the second run through of the Sims. Um, and then you're seeing, yeah. What, how... what, I, what I can't match up with that, I guess, is like, if you aren't like, I think implicitly, no matter what, you're almost assuming an ROI. Cause like, even if we're just picking a regular player, like if, you know, if, if we go into our contest and we say, okay, our player is going to be giant squid. Um, and we only look at his lineups, like we're still, you know, a, as we sim through, we're yeah, I'm assuming... saying we would just look at like a, a lot of players. Okay. I get what you're saying though. Like it's if, if we just pick an arbitrary player or, or a set of a lot of different players that are all profitable or something like that. It's not a huge difference than if we had just assumed generic player with 10% ROI. I don't think we can say that. It's not a huge difference. We don't know. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. Is what I'm suggesting like very difficult to do? Uh, no, I just, it's, yeah, it's, it's not difficult. I just don't know what it like 100% gains us over either an assumption or yeah. can you explain uh, how the like assumed 5% ROI would work? Yep. So like with an assumed 5% ROI, um, I mean, obviously that's going to be split into like, you know, they get first place X amount of time and they get second place. And how is that determined? So when I simmed it, what I did is I took my actual results or like, okay, I put one and a half percent of my entries into the top 1%. I put 1. 1.4 into this. Um, 
And then from there, what I did is it basically, it would choose a percentile that my lineup went into. So there's a one and a half percent chance that it goes into the top 1%. Um, and then from there, once it's- And it does in, that no matter what you assume the ROI was gonna be? Uh, well, the, the, the ROI is sort of baked into like the, how often you put a lineup into whatever percentile. Right. Um, so, I mean, that, that can look different. Um, but I guess that's or... what I'm saying is I, I just feel like there's a ton of assumptions. You could say you could simulate out your variance, but why would you simulate it out when you just have all of your results and can measure the variance? And so it's saying, okay, here's my ROI. Here is how often I came in the top 1%. I'll assign those and then sim it out from there. But like, you have the underlying data. Like you, you, you don't need to simulate anything when you have the pure results. Unless you're saying you don't think you have a good enough sample for it and you're trying to expand the sample size. I don't see why you would want to use a sim instead uh, I would of say, that. And I don't yeah. also don't understand how you would scale that to a different ROI. Right. So like, I would say what that would be useful for is like, uh, you know, if you're like, okay, I'm, I'm down 10 K this season, but I'm putting 1.6% of my entries into the top 1%. Uh, if I sim the start of the season like that, like is, you know, is, is that result, like, where is that result sort of along my range of outcomes? So like, is that a bottom 90th percentile? Is that, you know, a bottom 50th? Uh, and should I make adjustments to how I'm playing based on that? Yeah, I guess it's, it's valuable. The smaller the sample size and the more the variance, the more valuable that is because you don't have a big enough sample for it. What I'm getting at is we are already simulating these contests out 3,000 times. So we have the sample size. We have the actual lineups. To divorce it from that and bake in all these other assumptions seems right. worse. So I guess if, if when it comes down to what do we gain from this is that we rely on the actual data as much as possible. And... Um, and, and don't have to try to scale. Okay, like we, we don't have to figure out, oh, this person at this ROI gets there at this percent because it's like, no, no, like we just literally look at the Sims and see what they did. Um, right. That's, and I don't know if I'm explaining this wrong or I'm not personally getting anything, but does that, do you, well, does I, that seem helpful or valuable? I, I mean, I think, I think at the end of sort of both ways that we're thinking about doing this, I think we're going to arrive at a very similar number in terms of like, you know, how like the, the swings and, and everything, because I guess implicitly, if we're looking at a certain player, they have like an expected ROI. Um, and so, you know, for, for that, like if we're looking at giant squid, we're gonna see at the end, his yeah, I don't like ROI. this. The, the more the, the more you're talking about it, the less I like it. Because 
there's just way too much baked in to these assumptions because one we're starting sort of with the conclusion we're saying here is my expected ROI but based on what like based on that's what it is so far but we're also saying I don't have a big enough sample size to be able to measure the variance so why is the sample good enough to know your ROI but not enough to just measure the variance over that same sample because I would guess you would see the effects of variance faster than you would stabilize an ROI, um, or at least like the magnitude. Yeah. Um, secondly, and this is probably more important, ROIs are not going to be like the, the entire purpose of that. We're like the reason why we're doing all this analysis is because no one is a 5% ROI player. They have X percent ROI in this contest and Y percent in that and it blends together to this. But what we're trying to do with this project is not look at a blended number. We're trying to say, we're, we're literally trying to evaluate different contests versus each other because we believe ROIs are not held constant across them. And by simming out an individual contest, um, based on the actual lineups in it and not having to make any assumptions about ROI, just literally using the lineups that are there, I feel like that removes so much chance for um, noise and just other things that I, I it just kind of goes really down to what we're we're trying to do here. And I feel like for the method that you're talking about to be the to be better, it's calling into question like all the work we're doing right now. Like I, I somewhat agree because I mean, obviously we wouldn't be, we wouldn't be like using the actual lineups in the like, yeah, the actual lineups and the actual Sims. But uh, I still think that at the end of it, no matter, yeah, it might just not matter which way but, we do yeah. it, it won't matter. Um, okay. How much extra, yeah, and like that's often going to be the case. Um, and if that is, so be it, I guess, how much extra work would it be to do my method versus what, what you're talking about? Uh, it's, it's not that much extra work. Because uh, like really what you're saying is just track by Sim yeah. uh, for like an entry like for a, like no, a player's entries for a player's entries yeah 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 um, exactly it's yeah it's it's not that much extra work so okay and i guess when it comes to the rois being different by contest with your method we account for that because like in the sense that we could just we're simming one, we're not simming, we're evaluating one contest at a time. And so we could just use different assumed ROIs, but in base those on the work that you've done up until this point. So I think it, it it's okay. But if, if it's not that much extra work, I would still like to do this because I feel like it, it leaves up as little to chance or as little to, variables we're not 
considering or just it removes as many assumptions as, as we can. Um, and yeah, it might be, I might be wasting your time, but as long as it's not a ton of time, I'm yeah, okay no. with that risk. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Um, okay. So what were you going to say? Sorry. No, I, n- nothing more. I, I feel like I could try and explain my spot one more time, but I don't think that we're going to It's fine. No. And, and like, I'm, this is where, yeah, I think I'm more thinking about it from a theoretical standpoint and just being like, why use these assumptions when we don't have to? Um, and it's not to say there's no assumptions in seeing out the contest, but I think they're different. Um, and I'm more thinking from like that perspective where I feel like you're thinking about it from a more practical perspective. Yeah, that just doesn't matter because like these assumptions aren't bad and it's going to get close enough. Um, and so I, I think, yeah, like you, you very well could be right. Um, and I would almost assume you are, but there's a chance that you're wrong. And this, like, I don't think my approach is going to produce bad data. Um, and so that's one of the risks is that if we are trying to take this research and present somewhat conclusive findings from it, the idea that that's really what I'm coming down to is that especially when it's the way people are risking their money, even if it's a small chance of just having completely fucked data, I don't want to take that chance. If there's a way that's not wildly more complicated to minimize some of those risks. And so that, that's sort of where, where I'm coming from. Um, but you are very likely right that it most likely doesn't matter, but I just don't want to, don't want to gamble on that. Yeah. I mean, I think this, like, you know, the, the way that you're describing, I think that it, it falls closer in line to what we're doing before. And so I think it, like, yeah. you know, with just the contest stuff. So I think that keeping that constant, I think makes a lot of sense. Um, so. Cool. All right. So to summarize, um, definitely making progress and feel like we're close. And the, the last things to do are comparing bi-directionally. Um, as far as specifics go, we want to compare the 50 cent minimax to the $1 minimax. Um, but bigger picture, we'd like to find ways to compare the overall return of a set of lineups in contests with different entry limits, but we're maxing out both costs approximately the same. Um, and also it's making sure to evaluate pairs that have the same entry limit just to get a better idea of the impact of those other factors. And then the, uh, universally agreed upon best way of doing it <laughs> of, uh, using the actual contest data and simulating it out to measure, uh, the potential swings there. Sounds good. Sense? Yeah. Awesome. Sorry, this this project is kind of ballooned um, massively, but I'm 
I mean, how are you feeling? Like, does it, is it, are you just hating me right now? Or is it at least like been interesting? No, like, I mean, it was like a pretty solid undertaking to yeah. be able to sim out a contest in like three days or whatever. Uh, but honestly, like it was a lot of fun. And, uh, you know, I was talking with Will and Matt and like, we, you know, I'd, I'd run into a roadblock and be like, Hey, I can't figure this out. Uh, and, you know, we'd kind of put our heads together for five minutes and sort of move forward on it. Uh, so like, it's, it's been a lot of fun. And I think the results are really cool. Like when I initially got the contest sim sort of up, I spent like half an hour just simming random contests and looking at who had the highest expected ROIs in it. Uh, so like, yeah, I don't know. It's a, it's a really cool project, I think. Yeah. And I'm, I am very interested in seeing what some of these swings look like. Because it'll be cool to be like, look, this person has the highest ROI in this contest, but they're still going to have, I don't know, Matt, like whatever the swings are, or or maybe it's like no, like they actually their swings aren't that bad, or maybe there's some. Yeah, so I guess the last thing I would say is try to measure as many the swings of as many players as you can. Um, mm -hmm. We don't care about the obvious losing players um it's but like what i think would be really cool to find would be there's very likely to be yeah in this we we aren't going to just go forever on this analysis but i think for a separate project it could be a good follow-up is basically what we're trying to say is First, what are the best contests by a pure ROI standpoint? Then how should I evaluate where to put my money based on the level of risk that I'm comfortable with that my bankroll will allow? Um, but there is the third degree of that, which is saying, how can I, within a contest, structure my lineups in a way that lowers ROI, but also lowers uh, variance because I'm assuming we're going to find it's not as though every um, 5% player has the same variance, but I think you're going to find some people who have good ROIs, but not necessarily the best, but have like very low var in air quotes, like very low variance compared to people at the top. And that's something to, to think about more. So, Awesome, guys. Um, appreciate it. Have a good weekend. And uh, yeah, we'll, we'll chat next week and, and hopefully put a bow on this and then can get you on office hours to, to share the findings. <laughs> Sounds good. Sweet. Awesome. See you guys. Yep.